customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is a jam-packed recruiting edition. I said jam-packed, so you're thinking Phil Steele, but not yet. It's not time for Phil Steele. We'll have him later. Ari Wasserman is back with me, and we've been like ships passing in the night, Ari. You were on vacation, then I was on vacation, but now we're here together on this glorious day where we are now, as of the time this episode is dropping, about 24 hours into... Recruit a Palooza. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Uh, it's going to be insane to cover, and it's going to—I mean—it's going to be pretty insane to be a coach or a recruiting staffer at any of these programs. So basically, what's happening here is that they've taken um, 15 months of dead period, and now they are going to put it all in one month. There are rule additions. There are things that coaches have to also take into account in terms of how many spots they're going to leave available for the new one-time transfer rule. You've got NIL hanging over their heads. Uh, I. I I think it's possible that this June might be hectic enough and crazy enough that it might set precedent for the way that talent accumulation and roster building as a whole in the sport look in you know the next two or three years. So just kind of judging the way that these programs are going to deal with all this stuff, not just figuring out how many long hours they have to work to fit all these visitors in, but how they're going to go about assembling their classes in general um, is going to be a, a fascinating fascinating thing to watch because like you know the whole thing is rules become in place then everybody tries to apply the rule within that rule to do it the best that they can and then obviously evolution happens as a result of it you have a new recruiting rule the one-on-one workouts you have rules coming into place with nil you have the transfer rule there's a lot happening all at once yeah it's it's like a rip the band-aid off period for college football not in not intentionally this wasn't all supposed to be happening at once obviously the pandemic caused a lot of this, especially the recruiting piece of it. Now, the NIL stuff was going to happen basically when Florida decided that their law was going to take effect July 1st, but and, and we knew the transfer stuff was going to happen this year. What we, what we didn't know, and look, the transfer stuff was in motion to happen this year a couple of years ago, so pre-pandemic. So this was not planned, but yeah, everybody's going to have to basically adjust to a new world right now, but it, it is kind of crazy because... Recruiting has been entirely virtual. If you if you read my story in The Athletic where I, I take the virtual visit to Cal, which was lovely, by the way, 
That's what everybody's been doing for 15 months. But as of Monday, I'm sorry, as of Tuesday, sorry, long weekend, got me messed up. As of Tuesday, recruits can be on campus, official visits, unofficial visits, you name it. And Ari, I mean, it's interesting because a year ago at this time, we had a record number of commitments, which meant there was going to be a lot of flipping. Now, if you would look at classes going into this June period, big schools have tiny classes. Like normally, people are kind of filled up by now. But everybody's waiting to see what happens, not just, like you said, not just with who comes to visit, who comes to camp, who gets to work out. And, and you mentioned that th- these guys can work out for coaches now. And we'll, we'll get into that later because it's kind of weird. But also, who might you want to pick up as a transfer? Yeah, it's uh, it's really something, isn't it? And it's just kind of like the idea of last year, everybody was rushing to fill spots because they were afraid that spots were going to be taken because visits were canceled. And then this year, everybody was just like, I'm not going to commit right now when we're hoping that the pandemic uh, restrictions in terms of the dead period are going to come to an end. We want to see places. And I think what's interesting is that 15 months is a really long time uh, for recruits. And, you know, I think generally speaking for adults like me and you, 15 months is a, is a large chunk of time, but it's not a like defining time in our lives. But if you're like a sophomore or junior in high school, that's like 25%. It's literally their entire recruitment. So it kind of changes the way that they view things a little bit. And, you know, they've become accustomed to this digital world. And, you know, I've talked to with the story that Bruce and I did uh, on this, uh, on the athletic on Tuesday, we talked about 15 different, uh, you know, coaches and recruiting staffers. And the thing that I, I found interesting was that kids have gotten used to it. Like they were able to create their top threes, their top fives. They know exactly where they want to visit because they had the relationships and the virtual visits and the ability to, feel like they have the information that they needed. Now, the only thing that they need to do is something that you can't do on the computer. And now that they're permitted to is to go see these places. So, you know, in the past, you would have a bunch of unofficial visitors. Then people would want to wait till the fall to take their officials and, you know, the whole thing. But now people have just been cooped up for 15 months. and are like, I can visit. I'm going to do it all right now. And what you have, yeah. too, is prospects who are trying to fit five official visits into four weekends. So you've got in middle of the week visits that are happening right now. You've got kids who are eager to finally make their decision because they feel like they've been recruited out over the computer. And, you know, you have these one day instructional camps at these, co- these, um, coaches and programs host. You have these one-on-one workouts, which is a new rule this year. I'm sure we'll get into on the show. Um, and you also have, you know, all the other things like preparing for your season, working out your team in the summer. And it's just a lot for one month. So, uh, certainly an interesting time right now. Well, and I always like to, to do this whenever something's up in the air and something's changing to see how it probably should be handled. And how is Nick Saban handling this? And, and that's, that's what I want to know. He's winning. So Alabama say going that? into this period <laughs> has six commitments. Normally this time of year, Alabama would be sitting there with almost a full class. They'd have a few spots left open, but they're sitting there with six commitments, which tells me Nick Saban wants to see you in person. He wants to make sure you are as advertised, not just what he saw on huddle. And that that's going to be the interesting thing because you know, we talked about how the, the, the 2021 class was going to be the worst evaluated class. This may be one of the best because a lot of the offers, like the committable offers are not actually going out until somebody sees somebody 
this the summer before their senior year. Yeah, and it's just like it's really hard sometimes too, Andy, because I like the idea of like what do what would Nick Saban do is like an interesting way of looking at college football. But what Nick I Saban have a, I does have a, a bracelet. You have a bracelet. <laughs> WWNSD. Um, yeah, NSD. Uh but the rules that Alabama plays by aren't the rules that 95% of other programs play by. Like Alabama has the luxury of of setting the tone of what they want. Whereas most other programs are trying to keep up with the changing pace and do what's right. Um, and like Alabama gets to recruit the, the level of player where you don't need to see them in person to know that they're amazing. And you know, that's not true for a hundred percent of their commitments, but probably 90% of them. But, um, but, but Saban still, still wants to see you in of person. Course he does. He w- yeah. He wants to know if you're as amazing as you sound. And more than anything, he wants to know, will you fit there? Right, right. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see in four years which which programs made out the best in the weird 2021 class where nobody was properly evaluated now. You might get into a point where these guys' recruitments are delayed because you're waiting for senior tape because in some cases kids didn't have junior years. You're waiting for these uh, on-campus visits and workouts and camp participation, and you're working looking for senior tape where – you know, in the past, you might have all the information that you might need uh, from junior tape and going the summer going into the senior year. So it's all kind of like slowed down a little bit, but it's going to ramp back up because I think June is probably going to have 500 commitments and it's going to be insane. Oh, yeah. And I was going to go to well, Vegas well, this weekend. Go I'm still going, but it's going to be a problem. You mentioned Alabama plays by different rules and everybody. And you're right. They're, they're Alabama, Ohio State, that group, Clemson, Georgia, they're recruiting a little bit different caliber of player than most schools. But, you know, let's look at a school that does recruit a lot of that caliber player, Oregon. Eight commits for Oregon, seven commits for Michigan right now, six for Florida, five for USC, four for Clemson, four for North Carolina. Mac Brown, Mr. Early Commitment, Mr. Fill the Class, the junior day after signing day, has four commitments right now. Yeah, you know, that's that's uh that's a pretty interesting number. You know, it's it'd be funny to to go back and, and kind of compare it to the way things were, but it's just like interesting because a few of the recruiting coordinators I spoke to while reporting the story with Bruce said that most programs want to have seventy percent of their classes filled by the end of June. So I'm wondering now, like it's behind schedule as we sit here on Janu on June first, but I wonder if it'll be ahead of schedule by July first. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is going to be a frenzy. You know, everybody's... I I talked to some folks over the the last few weeks. uh, Some of the guys who do the... try to bring the, the foreign recruits in. They're all stateside now. And just hitting as much as they can in the month of June. And it's the same thing for, for obviously local ones. I'm curious to, to ask you this, Ari, because we talked about how the kids got accustomed to the digital aspect of it, to the, to the virtual visit, to the getting to the coaches virtually. And I, I'm wondering, because I, I know it seemed like the pandemic caused people to look more locally, but if everything's virtual and, and you can feel you know, learn just as much about the school a thousand miles away as you can in the one 200 miles away. Will this accelerate the process of the best recruits going farther and farther away? Because we've noticed that over the last 10 years where the, the best of the best don't really care about geography. Yeah, no, I think that's the case. And it's not just with the top five schools. I think a, a prospect from Illinois might want to go to Arizona state more often, or, you know, Things like that. So in terms of the way recruiting used to work, you know, 15, 20 years ago, if there was a five-star recruit from Nashville, he was probably going to go to Tennessee. If there's a five-star prospect from, you know, Los Angeles, and even though that's kind of been the case still, he's going to USC. But now that the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio States of the world are and Georgias are, are flying into different parts of the country, it's like in the pandemic – Geography, you would. There's like two ways to look at it. Geography is great because if a kid can't visit far away, then why would he want to leave home? But then if he can't go visit the school that is ten minutes from his house, then everybody's on a level playing field because everybody's on the computer. So like it's kind of like uh you know heads or tails type of thing on how you want to view it. But you know I think that as things progress, recruits and their families are more and more educated about what to look for in the recruiting process. They're looking at depth charts, of course, like they always have, but they're looking at developmental you know, prowess. They're looking at the coach's track record of not just winning, but developing first-round draft picks. They're looking at facilities where they can get a, a video tour of every single facility that they're considering in an hour online. You know, They're getting comprehensive visits and class schedules and all the things that go into place over the computer. So you don't have to get on an airplane like you used to in order to become familiar with the program. And like now, if you're a five-star prospect, it shouldn't matter where you are. You want to go to the school that's going to win the most and is developing your position to the NFL at the highest level. And you can find that out with a Google search. So, you know, we're working on a, I'm working on a story right now about 66% of the top 100 players in the country last year went to five different schools. And I think it was like 85% if you whittle that list out to eight. And you know, it's just like that is lopsided and like what can be done to stop that. It's like in a world where national recruiting is kind of like the new foundation and, you know, geography is always going to matter to a certain extent. Like Atlanta is always going to matter to Georgia and, you know, Los Angeles is always going to matter to USC, but like it's becoming less and less of a focal point because kids are becoming more accustomed and expecting to leave where they live. 
Yeah, and, and logistically, it's always going to matter because you're going to have probably on par fewer issues with somebody who's an hour from home than somebody who's 2,000 miles from home just because you know they can see their parents, they can see their friends, they can go get laundry done every once in a while, that sort of thing. But I also think the way kids talk digitally and the way kids communicate digitally, that, that stuff is melting away too. Distance just does not matter as much anymore. Right. You know, you got people who are close friends and package deals who live across the country from each other when it used to be brothers or it used to be friends, you know, like went to high school together. So, you know, it's kind of like one of these things where it's, it's just if you're Northwestern, um, now you can start going to higher academic institutions in Phoenix and Los Angeles and San Francisco and have less of a hard time as, as you would have in the past. Um, but at the same time, if there's a five-star prospect from Chicago, then Northwestern might have a harder time because everybody else is recruiting them. So I, I don't know if that's a plus or a minus for for uh, middle-tier programs trying to get to the top tier. But all I know for sure is if you look back and you see like the way that Alabama is recruiting um, Texas and Florida, and if you look at the way that Ohio State has recruited Texas, um, if you look at the way that all the big five schools have recruited California, I think that you could say that these national brands are honestly single-handedly ruining other conferences. Like the Pac-12's best players in that footprint, for the most part, aren't going to Washington and you know not till this previous to this year weren't going to Oregon. And USC had a top 60 class two years ago. And it's just like, where did all those yeah. players go? Oh, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson? Okay. Makes sense. And it's like, why is the Big 12 um, not having as much success in the first round because, uh, like they usually do? And the Big 12 didn't have a first-round draft pick this year? It's because all the best players in Texas are going to, t- to Alabama. And Florida, um, the three major schools in Florida are always battling to to get the best players in Florida, which is, as you know, the hardest thing in the world to do. And then now yeah, add on but, top but of the fact that Georgia and Alabama, Alabama and Georgia taking, and Auburn and all those guys yeah, are in there too. Take yeah. eight of the top 13 players off the board to Alabama and Georgia, and you're letting Florida, Florida State, and Miami fend over the rest of them. And it's like, well, no wonder they're all somewhat down as to what they were 10 years ago. It's not a secret here. It's, it's all right there in the numbers. Yeah, it, it is really amazing. The question is, does any of this come back the other way? Because we always talk about Nebraska being so far away and that being such a problem for them, being relatively isolated relative to where the recruits live. But now, if you can do a good virtual visit and then you get the guy to come on the official, does that give you a better chance? Yeah, you know, you put yourself in a position where you're competing for official visits now and you think to yourself, I don't care when they come or how they come or why they come, they just have to come. And like the recruiting budgets are going to have to expand. You're going to have to deal with uh, official visitors that aren't as passionate about your school as you might have had uh, in the past. And you just have to like expand that budget and understand that getting them on campus is paramount. That's the number one. I know for a fact um, that it's the number one thing that Nebraska has to contend with in programs like that. Kids have to come to campus and see why Nebraska won a national championship in the 90s. You know, that's what they have to see. And if they don't come, then, you know, there's only so much that you can do. They, so they, they have to come to Arizona and take the Ari Wasserman walk. Yeah. Yeah. Go uh, November 15th and, and walk from University Avenue to the stadium at six o'clock for a night game 
during a, a day, night where it's 72 degrees outside of the pot. The sky is purple. The people are tailgating and go to a recently renovated stadium. It's just like, that's the only way that Arizona could ever not be the worst team in the pac 12. And it's just, it's a, it's just a battle. And now the thing that's interesting too, is that they're all so log jammed in June. And this isn't going to be the case forever, but like right now, everybody's blowing all their officials now. So like the official visit season of the fall, which was go to the game and see the atmosphere and and be there on game day, a large portion of these recruits aren't going to get to do that or they'll have to pay for it themselves so that there'll be less prevalent. So, you know, and you're also playing this like weird balancing act. If you're a college coach of, well, we have to let them visit. Now we've been waiting 15 months to get people visiting, but we also don't want to do it too soon and let them forget about us and not see, you know, our stadium on Saturday when there's 105,000 people in it. Like, and there's certain places like Wisconsin and Penn state and Texas A&M and, and schools that are kind of like in that same atmosphere or, or kind of biting at the ankles of the atmospheres of the Alabamas of the world who really bank on that, who bank on those amazing atmospheres and those college days. And, and for people to see how much people, you know, love their program. And those aren't going to exist for a lot of these prospects because they're so eager to get out right now. For those who graduated college before a time when everybody went to summer school, June on a college campus is dull as dirt. <laughs> it is. I like, I mean, Columbus, Ohio is a major city and I lived in it for 10 years and it's a different city in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where I, where I live, I live in a tiny college town. Like June here, it is deserted. We, we also like to call that when we go to restaurants because <laughs> we can get a table and it's not overrun with students. But it is it is really this is this is more about the football. If you're visiting now, you're not going to be wild by the atmosphere. You're you're going to be wild by the coaching staff or whatever. Let, let's talk about the workouts because that's that's the new thing and it's one of the things that coaches push for because they have not had a chance to work these guys out. Uh, normally a lot of these players would have been in camps last summer. And coaches would have been able to, to see them in person, see them move, see them do things. They have not had that chance. So they can work them out, but like it's one person. You can only work out one person at a time. So if that person is a quarterback, he can't throw to anyone. If that person is a receiver, he can't catch a pass from, from a quarterback. He so, can only catch it from the coach. Well, and, and if you've got some GAs on your staff that, that got that can still spin it, you're in good shape. But yeah, so I mean, th that's what you're you're looking at. A lot of it is you're just looking at how they move. And that's honestly, Ari, that's a lot of what they're looking for in camp anyway. Can you move? Can you bend? Are you fluid? Right. How fast are you? How quick are you? It's not as much of the, the football skill they're looking they're looking at on tape anyway. So they already have a pretty good idea what your football skill level is. Yeah, it's kind of like starting to feel a little bit like the combine, you know, and as yeah. recruiting departments have expanded and you have some programs with 10 person recruiting staffs that make a million dollars combined a year, it's like you're kind of like moving towards that same kind of feel. And, you know, it's a little bit interesting because I find it funny that the recruiting coordinators and the recruiting staffers are the ones who analyze the tape, set up the visit do everything they can with the kit and then can't watch them in person when they're the ones who are really like breaking down these players. And it's going to be on the coaching staff to do it. Um, I, I think it's a great idea. And I, I feel like if you asked a hundred random coaches and recruiting staffers, if they like the existence of that, then uh, they would all, or for the most part say yes, but now you're doing it at a time where they can only be an hour. Um, the unofficial visitors who are coming on campus to do this have to be, 
you know, scheduled to a certain extent, and it's all happening during official visit and camp season. And if you work out a player for an hour, you might say, hey, this kid's worthy of a scholarship, but you also have to kind of balance the idea of, do I spend most of my time making sure that the visitors who are coming with offers in hand have the best possible time, or do I spend more time... um with these diamonds in the rough, working them out and seeing if I can find something special. And it's like the the hardest thing about this month, I, I don't think is going to be the sure amount of hours that these coaches and staffers are, are using um, to get everything done, but it's also a chess match of how to use that time. And, you know, I, I think that this rule is something that is, you know, proven that the NCAA's heart, at least in this matter, was in the right place. You know, give these guys an opportunity to properly evaluate these classes when last year everybody was basically signing blindly. And I think you can gain a tremendous amount of information from working out a single player by yourself for an hour. But oh, yeah. I just don't know well, and, how. And they're also we, running camps. So, right. Like, unofficial visitors are probably going to a camp instead of just. But sometimes they don't want to pay, pay for the camp. Or sometimes they're not available for the day of the camp. And it's kind of just like a logistic nightmare because yeah. they have to kind of figure out. And if somebody doesn't want to pay for the camp, but they could still work out in front of the coach and they might want to do that. But the coach might not be available or there might be an official visitor there that day. And it's just like, I don't know who's making the calendar for these guys, but they deserve a raise after this month. <laughs> I, they deserve a nap after this month. That the, the, Your director of on-campus recruiting for whatever school, especially – the smaller schools that don't have the staff of, of an Alabama or an Ohio state, right? They are just running around like chickens with their heads cut off right now. And it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how well these classes get evaluated. Cause we mentioned that earlier, you know, last year you had no opportunity to evaluate in person, but you probably had them in camp the year before this year. You didn't have them in camp last year, but you maybe get, you may get an hour with them or they may come to a camp or they may, you know, they may do an official with you. It, it, there's so many different ways to to skin the onion here. So I'm just I, it's going to be interesting to see how many prospects can fit, you know, five six schools into the window. If they, especially if they're looking at schools all over the country, right? You know, and it's also too going to be interesting to see how these programs are going to be able to handle this because a lot of these programs simply aren't equipped from a resources standpoint to host as many, many players. You've got programs who are accustomed to hosting in between 50 and 60 official visitors in a calendar year who are going to get 75 in a month. And it's like, are there enough golf carts? Is there enough food? Are there enough staffers? Are there enough golf carts? This is, this is the kind of recruiting analysis I need from you, Ari. Yeah, that's what it is. The, the, those gas-powered eight-person golf carts, there better be a bunch of them. One of the, the reason why I used golf carts is because I was talking to one of the recruiting coordinators while I was reporting the story, and he went on and on about the golf carts. I thought that was hilarious. It's just like, it's things that we don't think about. The, the amount of time and energy that it takes to properly plan for and execute an official visit is pretty staggering. And if you're running them through this much, uh, you know, players... Every single day, it's like going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. What I'm really interested in, Ari, because we see this on the camp circuit every year anyway. We, we usually see this every June where somebody somebody's making this. Amari Cooper is a great example of this. You know, Amari Cooper goes to the Florida State camp and dominates, goes to the Alabama camp and dominates and gets an offer. And all of a sudden, Amari Cooper, who nobody knew about, has offers from everybody. How big will somebody blow up? Like, I'm picturing there's going to be a, there'll be a guy who'll go to three camps in three days, have a great day at every camp, and, and suddenly he's sitting on 30 offers. Yes, I think that's what's going to happen. And that's the type of thing that didn't happen last year at all. So the most exciting thing to me is like, which one of these All-American players that didn't have a chance to get these camps is going to blow up uh, in three years for their team? And if they're going to transfer, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But this is going to be what I would say the month of discovery. Uh, because there's a lot of guys who just haven't had the ability to go put their talent on display. And if you get, you know, one-on-one time with a coach, like what could be more valuable than that? And, you know, the coaches also say, well, it's not just so much about how fast they run or how athletic they are. Of course, those are paramount. But they also get the chance to get an idea and a sense for the the kid's competitiveness and his temperament and the way that he responds to criticism and all the things that you want to get to know about a prospect that you're going to invite into your program. Um, and some of these guys are going to come onto campus and blow coaches away. And people are gonna be like, well, where the heck was this guy? And it was just like, uh, cooped up in his house during the pandemic. Yeah. That's where he was. Well, and then, and then there'll be some other guys who have great film who come in with an attitude or can't listen or won't listen. And the coach is like, I like this other guy better. Right. And then that other guy will get a, a bump in the, the recruiting rankings because he has a ton of offers. And then people will say, well, the Bama bump is a reason he's good and the recruiting rankings are flawed. And then we can start the circle of life all over again. Or just like well, exactly. in that scenario, that is the Bama bump right there. We need to explain the Bama bump. If a player uh, comes on campus. Right. Has, I, well, yeah. it, it used to be called the Texas bump. Now it's the Bama bump. But basically, if if yeah, if Alabama offers somebody that they rise in the rankings. But now, Ari, I, everybody acts like that's some sort of like conspiracy. I know. It's Has hilarious. not the Alabama staff proven it's pretty good at evaluating talent? Like, yeah, shouldn't we bump up people they offer? That was like one of the things that uh, the I answered in my mailbag on Tuesday because they're like, how can the rankings of uh, recruiting rankings be? legitimate if players who get offered uh, from Alabama get an improvement of their rankings. It's, like, it's not some sort of conspiracy where the rankings are based solely on where they're offered from. It's a reason for other people who have evaluated that prospect to reevaluate them to see what they might have missed because the track record from an Alabama-type staff and what Nick Saban has done is proven worthy of of respect. And it's more information, more visits, more offers, more film, more camps, the more information you have, the more information you have to accurately rate a prospect. And if well, Nick Saban it's, it's likes not, a three-star, it's not if Nick Saban likes a three-star cornerback better though than yeah. a four-star, then what well, do you have to ask yourself why and then evaluate that? Yeah, he's he's proven he's better at evaluating than you are, so it's it, it's it's okay to think that. But like, and, and if you think it's Scott, messed up, then how come it keeps turning out that Alabama's the best team every year? Yeah, but but. Even like when Scott Satterfield was at Appalachian State, if you are a, a bottom tier power five team or an upper tier group of five team and you see Appalachian State offer somebody in an area that you normally recruit, like you're stupid if you don't start recruiting that person because 
they had a great eye. They knew what they were looking for. Like, of course you want to know who they're, like Hunter Renfro, who is his only offer? Appalachian State. Like, so there are the other programs like that, like Boise State, when, when Peterson was there and when Harson was there, schools out West would cheat off their paper. Like if Boise State offered, here comes everybody else. Nobody notices when a Boise State offer gets a, a talent bump or an uh, increase. And it's like, it doesn't just happen when Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson do it. It happens all the time. Players get improved rankings all the time before, after, and even um, during their recruitments. And that's just the way it works. And it's just information is currency. And you use the information as much as you can to make the most solid rankings at the end of the road that you possibly can. And does somebody who gets an Alabama offer get more spotlight than somebody who um, gets only an offer from Fresno State. Absolutely, but that's because he's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the moral of the story is Nick Saban is better at picking football players than almost everyone else on the planet, and therefore we should probably listen to it. Yeah, nobody is just ranking players based on where they have offers from either. It's just another tool and another element of the evaluation process that's taken into account as the army of 247 warriors go out there and look at every single piece of film they can get their hands on and have hour-long conferences about every single player every well, single and, and day of their the lives. Those guys do a good job. They're really good. Those guys I find can't imagine. People, like Chris Jones is a great example. You know, they, they, he gets invited, he got invited to some all-star games, even when his, his star rank wasn't very high. Like Mississippi state had him committed. They knew he was good, but the rest of the world didn't know much about him. And he's like a three-star that jumps to a five-star after the all-star games because everybody saw him, but somebody had to see him to invite him to that all-star game. Like those guys know what they're doing. And you also have to take into account that everybody develops at a different rate. Like you might have a six foot seven, three hundred and twenty five pound defensive tackle who can run a four five when he's sixteen years old and has a five star rating from the second that he plays uh, football or puts on a helmet, and you might have a five star player who develops very quickly into his body his senior year, and you have to adequately account for the different timelines that everybody's on. It's not just like you're a five star prospect when you're sixteen and you're a five star prospect when you're twenty. That's not the way it works. Everybody's body's different. Everybody started playing football at a different age. Everybody's body develops at, at, at its own rate. And these are all the reasons. And that's the reason why the, the, the rankings aren't set in stone. People drop in the rankings too. Well, and, and the thing is, and this is why I said this, this particular class may be a little more bust proof because they are getting the physical evaluation that, that makes them determine whether the offer is committable or not. They're getting it the summer before the player's senior year, whereas normally you're getting it either the summer before the junior year or off junior film, maybe off going to see them in the spring before their senior year. But this is going to be probably as close to the actual time that they're going to be making that offer, don't offer decision. Right. Yeah, it's going to be good. I, I think that. It's going to be such a wacky way. The thing I like to think about too, Andy, is how are these guys, let's assume that the 2021 class is the worst evaluated class of all time. Then you have maybe the best evaluated class of all time as a result of this new rule. And then bringing in both of those classes at roughly the same time, like what people's rosters are going to look like. 
It's like you might hit if on everybody. If only they had made want. some major change to the transfer rules at the same time. Yeah. They would and then never what does do that mean? Oh, yeah, and then wait, and then and now what does that mean? It means that the entire sport is about to evolve right in front of our eyes. It is going to be a fascinating month that will lead to a fascinating next few years. So as long as you're not an, a director of on-campus recruiting who's required to manage the logistics of all of these people, like imagine being the world's most frustrated wedding planner. That's what all these people are right now. You know who I feel for, Andy, is some some places have multiple people on their staff that are, one's a talent evaluator or a film breakdown person. One's an on-campus visits planner. One is somebody who communicates with the prospects the most. And then you have one, one or two-person recruiting uh, departments at other programs. It's like, I don't know what it would be like to be a one-person recruiting coordinator right now because they'll still exist. Well, right, and, and try to manage someone through their first plane flight because you're going to be doing that quite a bit. Right. Or yeah. you have some dumb, like, I know this one dumb kid who was in high school back when they had paper airline tickets and you had to have the paper ticket and they sent the round-trip tickets. Well, he left his return flight ticket in the seat back pocket on the way up to his official visit. And they're and, and on the way back, they're like, where's your ticket? They're like, I don't know. Who was that who was kid? That, who, yeah, that was I know me. who that kid was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, wait, uh, wait, there's another ticket? I didn't know this. And so they had to pay to get it printed and, and like but yes, you're managing now a man imagine you're not managing one of those, you're managing twenty-five of those. Also, people do stupid stuff all the time when they're on visits. And it's like yes. the stuff that you're not really hearing all the time. But, you know, I've heard stories about kids who try to steal the equipment that they let you wear when you're there or kids who party too much uh, yeah. or drink. You know, like this stuff is all happening at once. It's not just like, how can we have the best possible and most pleasant golf cart ride through the most beautiful part of campus? And how can we enjoy our time together in the well, facility? It's like this, this is the part, though, where they're really glad it's June and not. September. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but, you know, the, the kids still get rowdy. I mean, I remember how I was when I was in college. I'm sure you were you were the same, and, you know, they're kids, and you have to manage that, and people get, people get in trouble. I was reading every night, Ari. I know you were. I, I know you were. Ari Wasserman, it has been a pleasure. We have a lot to talk about. I can't wait to talk to you again next Monday because we'll probably have some updates on how this is going. We'll see if people have already started committing because I imagine – the cavalcade of commitments is going to begin probably late this week, and it's going to go solidly through the rest of the month, and then they start flipping. And the flips are going to be fast, too. We're going to have we're gonna have guys who commit this Thursday who flip three times during the it's month. Gonna, it's going to be the Olympics out there, you know, a lot of flips. Uh, or, or SeaWorld, right? I, I don't know. What's yes. a lot of flips? SeaWorld, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it, it's going to be speed dating at its, at its gnarliest. I can't wait. Ari Wasserman, thank you so much. No problem. Anytime.